I was one of the last guys cut from the team. I remember it was traumatic because I knew I could play. There's no doubt in my mind. You might know James Brown, also known as JB, as host of the NFL Today on CBS. But in the mid-1970s, he was trying to become a pro basketball player with the Atlanta Hawks. When the coach, Cotton Fitzsimmons, called me up to his room to let me know that he was going to let me go. And I broke down and cried like a baby because I knew I could play. And the person he was keeping in my place, I felt that I was a better player and probably team contributor than this guy. We've been humble to our knees from these ruins we believe. Oh, oh, oh. During that time in his coach's office, James Brown learned a hard lesson, and he's going to share it on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. James Brown has had to learn how to balance fame and his walk with Christ. Billy Graham had to do the same. And a little later in this episode, you'll hear comments Billy Graham made when accepting a star along the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes, this is a star. But the Bible teaches there's only one real star, and he's the king of kings and the very God of very gods and the prince of peace. Jesus is called the prince of peace because he can flood your soul with a peace that you cannot find anywhere else. We can tell you more at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. My mother and father, uh, God bless them, they have um, since passed, um, married young. My mother was 16. My father was 20. My mom was 16 when she was pregnant, 17 when she had me. But they were very hardworking people. It was awesome to be in a two-parent household. I'm the oldest of five, four boys and one girl. The Brown family lived in the Washington, D.C. area. They weren't involved in church. Now, James' parents did give their lives to Jesus Christ later in their lives. Growing up, though, JB does remember hearing about God on the radio. It was like a little five-minute sermonette with uh, some topic of the day, a devotional, that really planted a seed in me, though we were not actively engaged in church or had any kind of family devotions. Something that J.B. was actively engaged in was basketball. I was a pretty fair basketball player back in the Washington, D.C. area, having gone to a great school, DeMatha Catholic High School, which was a powerhouse athletic program, solid academic school as well, and had become a high school All-America for two years in a row and had been blessed to be recruited by a, a number of major colleges. Um, went to college, but again, was not a man of faith in that um, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The college J.B. went to was Harvard, where he graduated with a degree in American government. And he played basketball there well enough to captain the team in his senior year. It was J.B.'s hope to play professionally. And he almost did. When I got cut by the Atlanta Hawks, I was one of the last guys cut from the team. I remember it was traumatic because I knew I could play. 
there's no doubt in my mind. Pete Maravich and Lou Hudson, one of the team stars with Pete Maravich, they were encouraging me, saying, wow, man, you've got a nice game. Just continue to keep your nose to the grindstone and things will work out. And it wasn't, you know, a couple of days later when the coach, Cotton Fitzsimmons, called me up to his room to let me know that he was going to let me go. And I broke down and cried like a baby because I knew I could play. And the person he was keeping in my place, uh, I felt that I was a better player and probably team uh, contributor than this guy. Who was I to sit and judge? Always pointing my crooked finger, holding tight onto a grudge. And when I went back home, I mean, I hid in the house for about two weeks, afraid and ashamed to show my face up to my friends because I knew I could play. And while many of my friends tried to say, oh, you know what? The coach showed favoritism and keeping his guy and you should have been there. I knew enough of the word to know that in the example used in the Bible about pointing a finger of blame, trying to make an excuse for why I didn't make the team was like pointing out the speck in your brother's eye when there's a plank in your own eye. And I knew then that I had not worked as hard to stay on top as I did to get to the top. JB thought back to his four years at Harvard and how he could have worked harder during that time. You know, I kind of rested on my laurels, big man on campus, got complacent, all the things that you're not supposed to do. Lessons my high school coach taught us that players are made in the off season, not during the season, meaning how hard are you willing to work? Well, after getting cut from the Hawks, JB's answer to that question, how hard are you willing to work, would now always be as hard as it takes. I have maybe been rightly accused of being a workaholic, um, but that was my mantra from that point forward to never allow anybody to outwork me or an opportunity to pass me by that I didn't work hard for. One of the first beneficiaries of that newfound work ethic was Xerox. JB was a successful salesman for the company. He was working there when he tried out for the Hawks. It wasn't long after he got cut from the Hawks that JB realized he needed to surrender his life to Jesus Christ. I remember working at Xerox for several months, engaged in hedonistic pursuits, happy hours and the like. Uh, young guy tooling around in my little Corvette. Um, and one would think by the world's standards or definitions that, hey, I was starting to gather things, um, which most people define a number of people define success by. But I recall driving up a lonely road um, late one evening, uh, coming home from the Xerox training center and realizing how empty life was. And perhaps that seed that was planted back in me as an elementary school kid was watered when I had a conversation with God. It might have been one way at that time. I just said, Father, God, if you are, I, didn't, I probably didn't say Father, I said, God, if you are real, would you reveal yourself to me and and I will serve you? More than just emotion, my broken heart is chosen. Jesus, I'm running to you. I often share the story that the very next week, I go to a party that some friends of mine invited me to. Again, I'm in my early 20s. I mean, 24, 25 years of age and 
I'm going to a pajama party. Give me a break. And I go to this pajama party, and I know I felt like I had committed high treason because just a week before I had indicated I wanted to learn more about the Lord. J.B. says he profoundly apologized to God, and he describes the decision he made that night to follow Jesus as the best thing that happened in his life. I'm still flawed. I make my mistakes, but I want overwhelmingly my walk to be that which is reflective of Jesus Christ. After he'd been with Xerox in Washington, D.C. for a few years, doors began opening up for J.B. to begin a new career as a sportscaster. He eventually landed at CBS TV, announcing college and pro basketball games. Then, he and his boss wanted him to get experience with other sports, like football. So, J.B. prepared hard for his first game. But, it may not have sounded like it. First game I was given... um was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And the game, my boss said, James, is called a clean game. Don't try to get fancy. Look at the TV monitor whenever you go to commercial because the correct time left in the quarter will be on our TV because sometimes the stadium clock is inaccurate. And just stay clean. Don't get cocky or complacent. So I go through the first half thinking, man, football's not that difficult. Are you kidding me? Their cockiness came into play, if you will, biblically, pride. You got to comfort, comfortable. Um, so third quarter, uh, I'm calling the action. And I said, uh, Steve DeBerg takes a snap. There's a delayed handoff to James Wilder, the running back. He goes at the 40, the 45. He's got daylight. He's at the 50. Folks, he's heading to pay dirt. He's at the 55. He's finally tackled from behind at the 60-yard line. My producer got in my ear. He said, JB, there's no such thing as a 60-yard line. He said, go to commercial. Now I'm all shook up and nervous because I made a mistake. And I looked up at the stadium clock as opposed to the TV clock. And I compounded the mistake by saying, well, we're going to step aside for a quick timeout with about eight minutes and 99 seconds left in the third period of play. We'll be right back. Oh, my gosh. Talk about brutal. Fortunately, the broadcast was rather limited, so it didn't reach a lot of people, and it did not end up hurting his career. But after CBS lost contracts with the NFL and the NBA, JB was essentially out of work. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? But I only knew enough that I learned uh, a number of scriptures um Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding. Joshua 1, 8, which describes what real success is. Psalm 75, 6, and 7, where promotion comes from. I stood on those things and I said, Lord, I don't know what is going to happen tomorrow, what tomorrow will bring, but you said if I leaned unto you and trusted you, you would make it happen. Well, I'm leaning on you. I'm no Eventually, JB was tapped by Fox to host its popular show NFL on Fox with Terry Bradshaw, Jimmy Johnson, and Howie Long. He stayed with that show for about eight years until he moved back to CBS, where he's host of that network's popular program, The NFL Today. Wherever he's working, JB has attempted to live out his faith in front of and behind the camera. If you truly love Christ, 
then you'll reflect him, you'll model him. We are, as the Bible says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Uh, we are to let our light shine. That's what I make the effort to do, is to let the light of God shine in what I do. And my aim, I believe it's in Colossians 3.23, which says uh, along the lines of, uh, whatever you do, do it heartily or excellently as unto the Lord and not unto man. So my attitude is that if I'm doing my job excellently as unto the Lord, my bosses, men, can't help but be pleased because I am going to meet or exceed the mark. But even on air, when I'm talking about certain things, my conversation might be sprinkled with things that if people were to hear are words that are reflective of the truths of the Bible, as opposed to some of man's favorite expressions. Another way JB has been able to shine the light of Christ on the TV set is much more personal. And I can share this because I did get permission from him before I even put it in a book that I wrote. Terry Bradshaw was having some marital difficulties, personal life challenges. After one show in Hollywood in Los Angeles, he asked if I could take him you know, to his apartment there in L.A. because he wanted to talk. And basically, he wanted to pray uh, and to hear some, um, some words of encouragement that were biblically sound. That was an indication that your walk is critically important. Even though J.B. is seen regularly on national television and his name and face are known by people across the country, he is more concerned about making Jesus famous. I'm very careful to always make sure that I'm giving all the praise, the honor, and the glory to him. And on my job, what I do, I pray daily. I start off the day in my daily devotion, so that's first and foremost. But I don't go on the air without having prayed first because the one time that I remember that I didn't do that, I could not believe when I watched the broadcast afterwards how I was saying some things, nothing, you know, outrageous, but it wasn't reflective of a man who is supposed to be the salt and light uh, along with all other members in the body of Christ. And I said, whoa, that's as good an indication as ever that I'm never going to rush getting prepared for something. I have to open up the day with prayer with my wife before every broadcast. And my point is, I just want to be effective as an ambassador for Christ and being found faithful in bringing as many into the fold as possible. That is my desire. What if they all know my name but never see beyond my face A pointless legacy There's so much more inside of me If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you probably share the same desire James Brown does to be an effective ambassador for Christ. Well, we've got a website that can help you with that task. It's called findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And if you aren't a follower of Jesus Christ, that same website can help you discover what you're missing. The address again is findpeacewithgod.net. Hey, don't go away. We've still got a word from Billy Graham and one more quick comment from JB about his wife. I want them to say You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. 
Yes, this is a star, but the Bible teaches there's only one real star, and he's the King of Kings and the very God and of very gods and the Prince of Peace. Billy Graham accepting his star along the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1989. You know, they talked to me about this a uh, number of years ago, and uh, they didn't offer it, they just talked to me about it. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, I was not interested because I couldn't think of a biblical reason why my name should be among a group of entertainers. But then I began to realize that when people walk by here and see the name Billy Graham and some kid yells out, who in the world was Billy Graham? What rock group did he play for? <laughs> They'll be answered and said, no, he was a preacher of the gospel. And they might explain the gospel to them. And many people may find Christ in that. It's called good news. And that's what the word gospel means. Good news. That God loves you. God will forgive you of every sin you've ever committed. If you put your trust in his son, Jesus Christ and repent of your sins. And when you do that, God will come into your heart. You can hear the rest of the comments Billy Graham made when he accepted his star along the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Just go to the Billy Graham Audio Archives. They're at this website, billygrahamradio.org. Then type Walk of Fame into the search bar. That address again is billygrahamradio.org. One of the most important people in Billy Graham's spiritual walk was his wife. And the same is true for our guest on this episode of GPS. James Brown says his wife, Dorothy, has been a spiritual role model for him. When she became saved, she raced past me in terms of her spiritual maturity because she has been feverishly hungry and still to this day to understand the word of God and she models it in all of her behavior. So what a great example of Ephesians 4.16 that every joint supplies. So she's been an absolute blessing in terms of my growth spiritually. When we talked with him for this episode of GPS, James Brown was hosting a seminar at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove. The Cove, if you haven't heard of it, is a retreat center in the mountains near Asheville, North Carolina. You can see a schedule of speakers and singers who will be there the rest of this year by going to thecove.org. That's thecove.org. We're grateful to JB for the time he spent talking with us, and we are grateful for you for listening. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Oh.